What's up? My name is Josh and I'm your push coach. Thank you so much for joining me in season two where I'm going to be joined by an all new co-host and we'll even have video versions with tons of behind the scenes and bloopers. You can check that part of the show out over on YouTube or IGTV. A little about me. After making only two sales in my entire first year of business, I've gone on to create a multi-million dollar coaching business helping people just like you to find confidence, clarity, and become leaders that change the world. I've personally helped five different people in two different companies to go top 10 and have trained over 40,000 in my online training groups. On this show, you'll get tools and resources that are going to help you to get over your excuses and start recruiting your dream team so that you can go get on your stage. Also, as a free gift, I would love to give you a copy of my best-selling book, F Leadership, totally free. Just go over to joshcoats.com, and I'll even throw in $100 in free instant downloads so you can start leading your team to success today. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Josh. I'm your push coach. Excited to hang with you guys today. As I'm recording this, it is the beginning of December, which means you are trying really hard to think about the holidays, but also kind of thinking about your taxes. So I have got a special guest today um, who helped me set up some stuff for my taxes. Um, We're going to be talking about HRAs today, which if you are like me, You love, love, love to run your business. That's what you're passionate about. That's what you're excited about. But you do not love taxes. And so we've got kind of a special episode today. I'm going to have Dan um, share with you some ways that he basically helped me to save a whole bunch of tax money. We're also going to have this one single episode full video version so that you can watch the slides for it. Sometimes tax is a little overwhelming, so we wanted to let you have some visuals. So if you go to joshcoats.com slash T-A-S-C, that's T-A-S-C, that's the name of um, his company, you'll be able to watch the full video along with the slides as well as get the link for the things that we're going to be sharing about today to get enrolled in this program to save you a bunch of money on your taxes today. So um, without further ado, Dan Pavic, so excited to have you here. I appreciate you being here, man. I really uh, appreciate you, the opportunity, Josh. I think uh, education is the most critical factor when it comes to these utilization of these fringe benefits because it's a, it's a pretty big loophole, you know, and, and people assume that when they pay for their health insurance and they've got out-of-pocket medical expenses that they're getting a deduction on it. And the fact of the matter is that they're not, you know, at the very least, they might have some self-employed health insurance deductions, but those are itemizations. Mm-hmm. And when we can convert those medical expenses into a business expense, we're getting a much better deduction. And I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. I love it, man. Well, I'm just, you know, like this is your expertise. So unlike most podcast episodes where I'm asking a lot of questions, I'm just going to kind of let you take over and share with them what you shared with me. I understand enough of it to know that it was something I needed to do because it was going to save me a lot of money, but I don't even understand it well enough to just sit here and ask you questions. So I'm just going to let you take over, share your slides and, and just tell people what this is all about. Absolutely. Not a problem at all. So kind of just as an overview here, we're going to be covering today what an HRA is, of course, and there's really two different ways to utilize it. Uh, A lot of you out there are probably um, single employee businesses. So we'll talk about a single employee business and how an HRA is used used there. 
And we can also touch on the multiple employee businesses for a little bit. Uh, and lastly, we'll finish up with HSAs. Most people are familiar with HSAs um, and kind of share some of the differences and in some cases, how the HRA and HSA can work together. So let's talk first here about what an HRA is. An HRA is an employee benefit plan at the end of the day. A lot of uh, large employers that provide health insurance to their employees, they're getting this deduction already. And in some cases, the employees have to pay a certain portion of that uh, premium. They take it as a payroll deduction. There's some tax incentives there. But as a small business owner, when you're paying for your own health insurance, you do not get those same tax advantages. So this gives you the ability to set up an HRA, which at the end of the day is an employee benefit plan for your business, and to capture those premiums and out-of-pocket expenses and to take that business deduction, much like the larger corporations do. This is not a funded account, but rather a reimbursement arrangement between the employer and the employee of that business. So who qualifies? This is a, that we can go into a lot of depth here, but I'm not going to. Uh, many of you probably file an LLC or a Schedule C, which is considered a sole proprietor. And in some cases, in order to qualify, you need to have an employable spouse, which I'll touch on. Um, we also can set these plans up for corporations, whether it's a C-Corp or an S-Corp, partnerships, a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, some of this stuff is we can take as a one-off. And if anybody wants a consultation after we wrap up today, we'll provide you with that scheduling link and I'd be happy to go into more detail. So a good fit, or in my instance, or what I would share is that a layup or a slam dunk, if you will, is going to be a married Schedule C filer. And you could be an LLC tax as a sole proprietor, but having that employable spouse is 100% critical because as a Schedule C owner, you're the owner of that business. And in order to take an employee benefit deduction, you need to first have an employee. That's where the spouse comes in. So even if you're providing your spouse with $100 a month in wages, you now have a legitimate employee that you can provide a W-2, and now they have the ability to be reimbursed for things like health insurance and out-of-pocket expenses, and therefore be a deduction. So again, married, filing Schedule C or F, you're somebody that spends you know, 2,500 or more per year in out-of-pocket expenses. If you're somebody that has, you're married, your, your husband or wife has full benefits to their employer, you've got an FSA and you really don't spend much, this really isn't for you. This is for people that truly do pay their own health insurance and or have a lot of other expenses that they are paying for, dental, vision, et cetera. Uh, and the last thing is um, you don't wanna have a bunch of other employees. If we set up a plan like this and you've got three other employees, you can't discriminate and say, you know what, I'm gonna cover my spouse, but uh, Johnny hired man over here, you're out. We don't have that ability. What we can do, however, is set up eligibility requirements. So what this looks like is that when we establish this plan, we can say that employees, in order for them to qualify, they have to work at least 25 hours a week, or they have to work at least seven months per year. They have to be at least 25 years old. And believe it or not, we can actually put a 36 month wait period for new employees. So what does this mean? It means that you can set up the HRA. We can make it effective in some cases, January 1st of 22. And in some cases, we, we might even be able to backdate it. But if you hired any new employees going forward, you can have up to 36 months taking advantage of this benefit before that employee would be considered benefit eligible. And back to the, the, the requirements here, in order for an employee to qualify, they not only have to meet one of those requirements, they, they have to meet each of the four. So what can I deduct? 
Um, health insurance premiums is obviously a major expense for anybody that carries it. Uh, and health insurance premiums can actually be a pretty wide net. It can be anything from a major medical plan, it could be a health sharing ministry type plan, or it could even be a direct primary care type plan. Keeping in mind that some of these premiums are not currently deductible as a standard deduction, but with an HRA, we convert them into a business expense, making them a deduction. A couple other things, cancer policies, accident policies, hospital indemnity, things like long-term care, those would all be considered applicable premiums. And then of course, the out-of-pocket expenses can be the major one. This could be anything from your copays, deductibles, vision, dental, chiropractor, prescriptions, and due to COVID, they've even expanded that list to include over-the-counter drugs. So virtually all of your out-of-pocket expenses that used to be, maybe people don't even keep track of them because they know they can't deduct them, now converts into a business expense. So this is a great illustration and an example of what somebody would look like with and without an HRA. In this particular example, I'm showing somebody that is paying $16,000 in premiums for their major medical health, and they've got $5,000 in out-of-pocket expenses. If we look at the left-hand side here, we can see that without an HRA, we do get to deduct our health insurance. That goes on a 1040, you save state and federal income tax, you save about $3,200 on that premium. Um, there is no deduction for FICA because we're not running it through the business without a plan. And the 5,000 in out-of-pocket, you'll notice, isn't even included because you wouldn't qualify to deduct it anyways. Once we integrate that HRA, we're lumping the premiums and the out-of-pocket expenses together. We're deducting that full 21,000 right on line 14 of a Schedule C and our tax savings over doubles by simply creating an employee benefit. And uh, that provides an additional 4150 back into the pocket of that small business owner. When it fits, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's just a matter of finding the, the, the particular business settings where it does make sense. So what are typical plan limits? What does that look like? And again, there's people that are familiar with things like medical FSAs, if they've ever had an employer that offered those, they're probably familiar, I've heard of health savings accounts. HRAs are a little bit different. They're not funded. It's a reimbursement between the employer and the employee. The premium limits, we typically leave it unlimited or all. So whatever you pay in health insurance, we're going to deduct that. The out-of-pocket benefit is typically 15000 And the nice thing about that out-of-pocket benefit, hopefully you never have to use that much in expenses. But whatever you don't use can actually be rolled forward, and it's called a carryover. It's basically building or banking a liability for your business. So down the road, if you ever have a serious injury or illness or accident, and you exceed that annual out-of-pocket cap, you can actually tap into that carryover and still take a full deduction through your business. Tracking of medical expenses is a critical component because obviously you're going to want to make sure you're keeping track of everything no different than your home office expenses or if you're depreciating a work vehicle or you're buying office supplies, guess what? Your medical expenses are now going to become a medical expense, so it is critical that you keep track of them as such. The employee is going to be paying for the medical expenses. So if you're hiring a spouse, you should have premiums be coming out of a personal account and they, they should then be reimbursed from the business account to your employable spouse. And as the spousal employee, they can cover themselves and their dependents, which would include you, the business owner, and if you have dependent children. At the end of the year, task produces what we call a year-end report. That year-end report is basically an itemized deduction list and the bottom line is, is that number on the bottom is what your tax preparer will deduct for employee benefits 
and that we back with an audit guarantee. One thing that we have done that I haven't brought up to simplify the tracking of medical expenses is the utilization of the task card. The task card is essentially a merchant coded debit card and works very similar to somebody that might've had an FSA card or an HSA card in the past. The difference being that card is tied into your business, business account. And let's say you go into a pharmacy and you've got a prescription drug, you've got some Band-Aids, some NyQuil and a candy bar, you swipe your card, it'll pay for the qualified expenses and then give you a remaining balance. So that helps us with two things. Number one is compliance, making sure that we're running applicable expenses through the HRA, but number two and more importantly, is it streamlines that so that you don't have to reimburse anybody for it, you don't have to keep track of it because that automatically flows right up to your year end report. So makes it very easy. The only thing that we would need to collect through your online portal or through, through a task representative like myself would be how much you paid for premiums or non-task card transactions. And of course we do provide an audit guarantee with the benefit. So our national tax savings average is right around 5350 and the annual benefit cost is 595. So there are no setup fees or maintenance fees or anything like that. It's a very easy and straightforward process. The bottom line is, is that a consult going through your situation is probably gonna be the best way to identify if it's something you qualify for. Before I move into the, the multi-employee plans, Josh, did you have any questions? Um, probably the one question that I thought of um, is like, it's December. Yep. People are doing, starting to like, people seem to be less likely to take care of something 12 months before it's going to benefit them, right? Yep. How quickly can someone get something like this set up and backdate the expenses that they have had this year? That is a great question. So there, it's not too late. So that's good news. Um, as long as we can establish payroll for that spouse in the fourth quarter and they okay. can backdate payroll to October 1st, mm -hmm. we can technically backdate to the first of the year on health insurance mm -hmm. premiums and the first of October for out-of-pocket expenses. Beautiful. So we're still able to capture all yeah. of those health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket and some okay. of the out-of-pocket, yeah. I should say, for the 2021 plan year. Okay. And so what the, we do since we're, we're late in the plan year here mm -hmm. is instead of uh, charging you five ninety five for, uh, for your 21 plan and then mm -hmm. turning around and renewing it in three weeks, we would do a two-year plan for eight forty five. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So they pay basically $845 now, and then you guys will take care of their 21 and 22 situation. Or if you're listening to this in January, obviously that part doesn't really matter. We'll just you're get right. one year set up. But, and this is what you did for me when I, I mean, I just did this like 30 days ago, 45 days yep. ago, something, something like that. Yep. Um, the, the only difference was for me, I literally got married this year back in June. So we could only backdate it to the day that I got married. So as long as they've been married the entire year, they can backdate it all the way back to January. Obviously, if you got married in October, you can backdate it to October, but either way you can backdate all of those expenses that you've already paid, which is huge for me. I mean, I have a kid who has um, heart issues and we were poor when he was born. So it was all free, <laughs> but yeah. in the last five years now it's under my insurance and I got to pay for all of that. You know, every time he goes to get tests done, it's a couple thousand dollars. So yep, all of that, as you were saying earlier, you know, if you don't do this specific plan, you can still write off the money that you pay each month for your insurance but you cannot write off all of the ex the bills that they send you afterwards. You know, right. so I'm I'm paying a couple thousand dollars for insurance, but then I go to the hospital. They send me another bill for two or three thousand dollars. Used to that was not 
I couldn't write that off, but now I can. Correct. You, yes, hit, that hit the nail on the head. And um, even to the, to the point of the health insurance premiums, the difference between a standard deduction where you save state and federal income tax versus a business deduction is you're saving an additional five yeah. and a, or 15 and a half percent, excuse me, on right. the FICA taxes that you right. don't save with standard deductions. So right. social security, Medicare, and self-employment yeah. taxes. And that yeah. can be pretty big. If you pay right. 10 grand, that's an extra 1500 in your pocket. Totally. Yeah. And, and for some of you, this makes immediate sense. You're used to talking about things like this, maybe especially if you come from the corporate world or if this is just the kind of stuff you're used to. But again, um, basically, Dan is willing to have a consultation call with anyone who's interested in this. Um, if Again, if you just go to joshcoats.com slash T-A-S-C, um, everything will be there on the page. If you want to book a consultation call with Dan, that doesn't cost any money. He would just talk to you for free. And then if the plan makes sense, you do it. If it doesn't make sense, you don't do it. But I mean, I just can't think of any instance where if you're a business owner who has a family like I do, where this does not make sense. Yes, it is. Yes, you have to pay $600. But then you write off an extra 5,000. And for those of you who are not like well-educated on the write-off, basically, if you make $100 as a business, the government wants $40 of that. As an employee, they only take 25. As a business, they take 40, okay? So you essentially, the government wants 40% of everything that you um, net, the beauty of that, though, is if my business does a million dollars this year, okay, they don't tax me on the million. They tax me on what's left after things have been spent. So if I was already going to spend $10,000 on insurance this year, now I can write it off, which means the IRS taxes me $10,000 less. So just on $10,000, that's $4,000 I would have got taxed that now I will not be taxed. So like, I don't know if that terminology helps anyone listening that's not used to dealing with taxes the way I have to at the end. Like, I'm not a tax expert in any way, but I know the cost that comes along with. So, you know, end of the year, I'm looking at new cars that I want to buy. I mean, I'm looking at all the different things I can do to keep the money in my lifestyle instead of the IRS's pocket. So this is another way you don't necessarily have to go spend more money because you already spent it. It's just that now that counts as a credit to keep you from having to give more money to the IRS. Again, if none of that shit makes sense, you can click on the link and you can chat with Dan about it. And he can probably help you understand for your specific situation a little better. Yep. Spot on. Yep. And I will cover the multi-employee plans just in case there cool. are uh, small businesses out there that have that circumstance. Okay. Um, because What's happening in today's employer market, Josh, is that, um, first of all, it's very tough to find an employee that wants to work. And if you do find an employee that wants to work, they expect to have full benefit offerings. Yeah. And if I'm a small business owner, I probably can't afford to do that. I can't afford to pay for your health insurance and offer you all these bells and whistles that a big mm -hmm. corporation can. However, we can use an HRA as an alternative we can set up a defined contribution instead of having that mom and pop business where we're setting all these high limits and deducting everything. It could be as simple as, Hey, I'm going to give you $500 a month or $200 a month or whatever that number is tax free. You use that money to go pay for your own health insurance. Gotcha. And that's how we use the HRA in a multi-employee business. So it gives us the ability to attract and retain employees and we control the costs as the employer, yeah. not the insurance companies. Gotcha.
Okay. I'll give a couple examples. Okay. In some cases, I even have employers that will use this for um, their group health care. They'll want to go to a higher deductible because they can't afford to keep paying the high premiums. So they'll go to a high deductible plan and they'll say, you know, we know we're covering or we're making you pay more out of pocket. So we're going to simply give you a task card. It's going to be worth $3,000 a year. We're going to help pay for all your co-pays and deductibles. Mm -hmm. And they're going to save enough in the premiums where they can float that no cost. So mm -hmm. there, there's one example. And the other one, again, is if you've got multiple employees and in most situations, when you've got employees, you've got a mixed bag of who needs what. Mm -hmm. You might have somebody that needs health insurance. The next three are covered to their spouses and the last one's, you know, marketplace, whatever you might have. Again, the HRA gives you the ability to create some defined benefits and offer tax-free dollars to those that need it. So nice. the only thing that really changes when we set up an HRA for multiple employees is that we've got additional participants. Mm -hmm. um, it helps us to, again, eliminate some of that turnover that we're dealing with. And it's an affordable solution because, again, you control what you're spending. You set the budget, you set the parameters, all of those types of things. Believe it or not, there's a lot of businesses out there that are just doing cash in lieu of benefits. You know, they're saying, hey, we're just gonna pay an extra two bucks an hour. But back to your point, Josh, if you're an employee and you get paid $10, the government's taking two of it. Where when we set up an HRA and you're getting $10 from your employer, you're mm -hmm. keeping $10. So you've got that full money tax-free to pay for your health insurance and or out-of-pocket expenses. Yes, you're, you're essentially you have, offering your employees some tax-free money. So for every $10 you offer them, it's more like you're giving them 12. Yep. And, cool. on, and to that point, you know, you have to pay payroll taxes as the employer on that money. So when you run it through right. an HRA, you're saving, in, in that example of $10, you're saving 7.5% on that money that you'd be paying the IRS as the employer. Right. You have to pay some of that back in as payroll taxes. Yeah. Okay, nice. So, and again, if we do have multiple employees, we just add on $90 per year per participant after one. Mm -hmm. And same benefits, you've got the task cards for employees if you need them, the year-end reporting, summary plan descriptions to hand out, audit yeah. guarantee. And there's a 720 form that gets filled out in July, which is basically a report to the IRS that we, uh, we, we send out. Nice. So very easy. And again, I don't know if this fits the, the, the parameters of many of your, your small business clients. Mm -hmm. um, but if they do have multiple employees, it is a very uh, popular option out there. Yeah, I love that. Um, and lastly, I will cover a couple slides here on health savings accounts. Uh, I get a lot of people that get the HSA and the HRA confused. The HSA is a funded account. And in order to have an HSA, you need to first have a qualifying high deductible health plan. If you do not have a qualifying health plan, you cannot have or fund an HSA, whereas the HRA does not require insurance. You wouldn't even necessarily need to carry coverage yeah. and you can use the HRA for expenses. So the funding limits for an HSA uh, for 21, and they're gonna be going up obviously in 22, 3,600 if you're single, 7,200 for a family. And if you're over 55, there's an additional thousand dollars in a catch-up contribution. When you have an HSA, you deduct your contribution. When you have an HRA, you deduct what you use. But the major difference in the tax side of it is that HSA contributions are a personal expense, saving you state and federal taxes, whereas an HRA is a business expense picking up that extra FICA. A lot of people, when they set up an HSA, it's money in, money out. They're not actually cash flowing and leaving that money in there and using it like it was intended. 
And if that is the case, you'd be better off not having an HSA and running everything through a health reimbursement arrangement. So qualifying plans, very high level here. You got to have at least a $1,400 deductible if you're single and at least $2,800 deductible if you're a family. These are, again, the pre-qualifications to even consider opening up a health savings account. HSA benefits is that they carry over from year to year with investment options in most banks. Um, funding is a tax deduction, like I mentioned, but not a business expense. And after you turn 65, you no longer can uh, fund the plan, but you can use HSA funds to pay for things like Medicare um, or ongoing medical expenses after retirement. Uh, kind of the differences between the two here briefly, uh, HRA, again, no health plan requirements, whereas the HSA, you have to have a qualifying high deductible. There's no funding in an HRA, whereas an HSA is funded prior to the expense. Uh, HRA has a much higher business deduction and higher limits, and the HSA is a personal deduction. And I get the question all the time is, um, can I do both? And the answer to that question is yes, but they have to compartmentalize. The HRA is going to be used specifically for your health insurance, your vision, your dental, and the HSA would then be used for things like uh, copays and deductibles on your health plan. So they can work together. I think in my personal opinion, the people that should absolutely have HSAs are S-Corp shareholders, where the only business they have is an S-Corp. We can set up an HRA and an S-Corp, but there's limited tax savings. It's much better when we can set it up in a Schedule C or an LLC. So people that have S-Corps, or if they're single, if you do not have an employable spouse, you may seriously want to explore an HSA because it's going to be the best case scenario. You can fund that HSA, still save some money on your out-of-pocket expenses because you wouldn't otherwise qualify for health reimbursement arrangement. And I already kind of covered that. So I'm going to finish with this. Um, if you have questions on, on anything that we've covered here today, um, we're going to post uh, my uh, link for my scheduling link, Josh, mm -hmm. and I will send that over to you. Uh, along with my email, my cell phone number, whatever you need. I certainly prefer that scheduling link. It is going to be the most cool. effective way for us to communicate. Otherwise, we're going to play phone tag and that's no fun. Right, right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just get the link on the page right here where you're watching the video. Or again, if you're listening, just go to joshcoats.com slash T-A-S-C. Okay, T-A-S-C. That, that simple can watch the full video, look at the slides if you want to show them to your significant other or whatever. Um, probably one concern that I that I immediately had that I'd bring up because if I had it, other people probably have it, the legalities of taking your spouse and just making them an employee. It sounds, you know, some of this tax code stuff sounds like just like legal. Is this like legit? Like, can you just explain how that works and the legalities of that? Yes. So the HRA to start off is not something that is new. This is a tax law that's been around since 1954. I myself, you probably can hear it with my accent. I'm not from the South anywhere. I live in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota. So I work heavily in agriculture and that's where the HRA was originally designed for is for the family farmer. They could hire their spouse, take bigger deductions on their healthcare expenses. And uh, probably over the last 30 years, that's really expanded to any small business. Mm -hmm. Every single small business setting that is married, most of the times they're helping out, whether it's yeah. with book work, whether it's with taxes, whether they're running errands, running for parts, doing maintenance, what have you. As long as your spouse is employable, you can pay them a wage and there is absolutely no problems here. I will say this, if, you're, if your spouse does nothing with your business, no way, shape or form, 
you probably should consider not going down that path. But as long as you can prove that there is some level of spousal employment, you will not have any issues. And again, we back that with an audit guarantee. Yeah, We've so been I mean, doing this for 40 years. Let's, let's, let's give some examples of that. I mean, sure. my wife, she comes along when I travel. Um, I know that um, before I got remarried, sometimes I would take along one of my assistants and I wouldn't necessarily pay them money, but I was essentially giving them a free trip. I was like, hey, I'll cover your plane ride. I, I would usually pay them some type of an hourly for the actual events that were going on, right? But it was like, I'll buy your plane ticket, pay for all of your food while you're there. And then any work that we're actually doing, which was usually three or four hours a day, like I'll pay you hourly. So technically the plane ride was something I was paying for. The food was something I was paying for. So in a sense, when I take my wife along, I would never call her my assistant. Um, but essentially she's doing the work of an assistant right. when she travels with me, right? So you could come up with a, and, and actually what we're doing is we're literally just putting like a hundred dollars um, biweekly because we don't want to increase her taxes too much because she's also self-employed and we don't, we don't want to like create another mess. So we're just making it such a little thing that will literally take it immediately apply it back to her own taxes in a sense. But I mean, that, that's like one example, her traveling with me. Yep. And um, it, a lot of times it's, you know, helping out with, uh, with book work, or it could be answering, you know, emails or voicemails. Mm -hmm. If you've got somebody that's traveling, it could be helping with, uh, you know, paperwork, it could be, you know, maintenance in a home office. I mean, there are an endless array of things mm -hmm. that could be considered, um, you know, job related duties. So again, it's, it's about what you can prove and what you can provide that, that mm -hmm. they're helping out with. And as what long as there's something there, they're employable. Yeah. Can Maybe. I throw this out there? Yes. What about consulting? Yep. Because in general, um, the significant other acts as some form of support and consulting. I can't tell you how many times on a coaching call I've told someone something I said, you know, my husband's told me that a hundred times and I just never listen. It's like, I mean, like the reality is like there is essentially some type of support and advice that's usually going on between the two people. If it's a supportive relationship. Yes. Would that, would that make sense? Absolutely. hundred percent. Like I said, it, you know, in, in an audit situation and I've been through several of them, it's, it's about what you can prove. And if you've got those job duties mm -hmm. and those are things that you're, you're talking about, there's yeah. no way a, an auditor can disprove that, you know, you're, they're not helping you out. Yeah. You're, that's your only employee. That's your key employee. There's no one else there. It's a husband right. and wife business. Right. Okay, cool. Way so, cool. Never an issue. Awesome. I love that. Man, I think that's the only questions I have. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's listeners right now with 30 other questions, but yes. that's why we're giving you a link to just hop on. The, we've already told you like what it costs. There's not some weird pitch. I mean, like I got on um, with Dan and he literally just explained this to me. And I basically, my thing was, so I can save a lot more money on my taxes. The answer was yes. I said, okay, then sign, sign me up. Like it's that simple for me because of the amount of money my business does. Like I need every tax write-off I can, unless I want to write the IRS a really big fat check. And I really don't want to do that. So I'm going to write them as small of a check as I can so that more of my money can be put into our, our lifestyle and, and what we want to do with it. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. So make sure. And if, if you're interested, 
click on that link. If you're not interested, that's okay. It's not a pressure. I mean, like if you want to save money, awesome. If you don't want to save money, like that's okay. Like whatever, like whatever you want to do here. But like, I personally like to save money. So uh, Dan, thanks for being here. I appreciate it so much. We'll make sure you have all of his contact info on the page. Um, anything else you feel like you need to say? That's it. I appreciate uh, you having me on. I think it's uh, a valuable tool and uh, I'm happy to help anybody that needs it. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. Happy tax season. Hopefully you get to enjoy more of your holidays and less of your tax season. Guys, I appreciate you listening in. Have an amazing day. Remember that everything you need is already living on the inside. All of the resources you'll ever need are right under your nose. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Let me encourage you to remember that leadership is all about duplication. So make sure you share this episode with your team and friends. Also, make sure you tag me over on your stories wherever you're listening to the show, and I'll share some of my very favorites to my stories. And I'm going to give away a $50 Amazon card every single week to my very favorite one. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are worthy of everything you want. You are capable of everything you want. You have infinite creativity and wisdom and life and love living on the inside of you. So go be a light today. Shine, get what you want, and help others to do the same.